Syngap Land, my name is Michael Grawley and this is episode 42 of Syngap 10. Today is Friday, January 7th of the year 2022. And normally this podcast is your 10-minute weekly update on everything you need to know about Syngap 1. But we have a board meeting in two days on Sunday and there's going to be a lot discussed there and I don't want to get in front of that. So I'm not going to go into a blow-by-blow of everything that's happening. It's been a very busy week. Instead, what I want to do is I want to share with you a, a story and a thought that I had this week. I was talking to a newly diagnosed family. We've had a few conversations in the in the past week or so. I was talking to mom yesterday and she's like, you know, it's we're finally ready to sit our family down and tell them about Syngap 1. And I was like, yep, that's a big conversation. And it struck me that that's actually a really hard conversation. And I wanted to give her all this advice. Um, and instead, I said, you know what, I'm going to talk about it in Syngap 10 because I think this is advice that everyone needs. And um, some people might just not have the energy to have that conversation. Guess what? You can just send them this video because I'm about to tell you what I think you should tell them. And uh, if, if people are watching this and they're like, Mike, you got that exactly wrong or you got it kind of right, but you forgot this, please call me and tell me that too. We, we, can, we can update this and maybe make a blog out of it. But I think it's a really important topic, right? You have a kid. Yay! Kids not developing normally, something goes wrong with kid, global delays, epilepsy, something, autism, bunch of genetic testing, your whole family's like, what's going on? It's been stressful because your well-meaning parents have given you coaching advice on parenting because that's what they did because their kids were normal, but your kids aren't. And then you get this bombshell of a genetic diagnosis and you're like, whoa. And you digest it and you read and you talk to other Syngap families. And at a certain point, it is well advised to turn around and have a Zoom call or have a meeting or do whatever you do with your family and say, I, I, I need to talk to you guys about this and I need to tell you what it means. I really do encourage you to do that. And uh, here's what I would say to them. Point one, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. My child has a genetic mutation. Every cell in their body has a typo. As a result, their brains are being built badly. As a result, autism, epilepsy, global delays, intellectual disability, etc., etc., etc. Here are the papers. Here's the blog. Go to syngapresearchfund.org. Watch webcasts. Whatever you got to do. But this is a big deal. Let's not don't let's not try to minimize it. Let's not say kids grow out of absence seizures. Let's not do any of that silliness because this isn't just absence seizures. This is a confirmed genetic diagnosis of a monogenic epileptic encephalopathy. This is a big deal. You got to start with that because people are like, oh, don't worry. No, no, no. This is a big deal. Number one. Number two, I need your help. You got to say that to your family. You got to invite them into this. You got to say, I'm going to need your love and support. And, 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 and that's going to look different based on your relationship with them, what they're capable of, what you're capable of, what you need, blah, blah, blah. But, you, but it's, it's important to say to them, we need your love and support. And let's, let me just tell you the ways in which you could help. Because this child is going to get bigger. This disease is not progressive. They're not going to die from it, but it is going to get more complicated and I'm going to need your help. How you can help. Number one, learn with me. There's a lot to learn about this disease. Luckily, Syngap Research Fund has blogs, has webinars, has support groups. Come to those with me. Jump in with both feet. Whether you're a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, or whatever, 
If you have the time and the interest, please come and learn about this disease with me because I need someone to talk to because I feel like I'm losing my mind. If, you, if you're a doer, if you got to do something concrete, fight insurance with me because I'm about to argue with insurance about everything for the disease they've barely heard of. We've only had an ICD-10 code for a, a little while, courtesy of SRF's hard work. And, and I'm going to need to struggle with insurance and I'm going to need to find a lot of providers and, and coordinate a lot of care and i got to find the best neurologist and the best physical therapist and the best speech therapist and the best developmental pediatrician. This is going to be crazy. I need your help. I, I basically need a medical affairs secretary. Number three, help me think about my life. Because the truth is, this changes your life, right? Most people, by the time they're diagnosed, a lot of a lot of people have already downshifted their careers or left their jobs or done something. But when you realize that this is something your kid's not going to grow out of, you gotta you gotta really sort of stop and think. I know people who have left their jobs. I know people who have who changed their life. They're, they've realized that traveling far distances is really hard. And they've sort of said, okay, how can we live just here? How can we only drive places? How do we stay in this time zone? Because sleep is a problem. And, 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 then I've, I've, and then we've got families who, who've moved, who've been like, you know what? There's no support for us in, in Florida. We need a lot more support. And they boiled the ocean. They looked at every state in the union and they thought about their circumstances. They said, we're going to live in Philadelphia. That's just one example. But lives need to be rearranged. And, and encouraging families to join that conversation can help. Because it's a complicated decision. So remember, start. Big deal. I need your help. You don't often do the same thing, but here are some things that I think I'm going to need help on. I need to learn a lot. I'm going to need to fight with insurance and manage a really complicated medical situation. I got to rearrange my life a little bit. And you know what? And I'm speaking from personal experience here because my mom, God bless her, she tapped out quickly on Tony. I mean, our Syngapians are aggressive. My mom has four kids. We weren't angels, but we we weren't we didn't beat her up, and she's got seven grandkids and six of her grandkids relatively well behave well. It's strong, but they're normal. And then Tony and she was like, I don't I don't know how to deal with this kid when he starts biting me. And then I know another grandmother who says, you know, I'd love to help and I want to help and I want to go, but I'm terrified of seizures and I don't know what to do if my granddaughter seizes and what and I I just can't be alone with this Singapian. So, but if you want to help, but you're you're scared of or afraid of being with a Syngap kid, what do you do? Well, here's a here's a here's a classic answer, friends. You 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 focus on the siblings and you love the hell out of them because as a parent, I can tell you, if you've got a neurotypical kid and a Syngap kid, that Syngap kid commands a tremendous amount of your attention, and then you feel guilty that you're not spending more time and energy with the with the with the non-Syngapian. But wouldn't it be wonderful if a grandparent could just spend more time with, take the non-Syngapian on trips and just love the hell out of them? Wouldn't that be great? That's a way that people can help. And if, if they're given permission and, they're, and, and we, we acknowledge this reality that you know, Syngap kids just require a tremendous amount of attention, then, then, we, can, then we can act accordingly. And then um, I think that the, the, the way to end that list of ways you can help is to encourage people to jump in, encourage people to ask questions, encourage people to try to show up because this life is exhausting and this life is isolating. And so the last thing you need is your family giving you space. I mean, unless they make you crazy, in which case it's a different conversation. But it, you should invite your family to say, I need, I'm going to need your help. 
I'm going to need your help. Um, so please jump in. Don't, don't give me space. I, I, I need you to help me with, with this life. And then the last thing, and you know, this shouldn't come as a surprise. There's hope. You've heard me say this a thousand times. There, there is an incredibly effective and powerful group of parents working like hell to raise money and accelerate science. There's multiple companies working on genetic therapies. And this year, 2022, SRF is really doubling down on small molecules and repurposing and, doing, and making sure we've left no stone unturned. Making sure that if there's something out there that can help our kids and, and reduce their suffering and improve our quality of life as their caregivers, we got to find that. And we got to find it fast. And guess what? None of it's free. Super high quality sciences don't work for free. Clinical trials to repurpose small molecules don't happen for free. Screens don't happen for free. People, three or four people have called me and been like, Mike, how much money do we need to raise to get the clinical trials? A lot. How many clinical trials do you want? How many shots on goal do you want? There isn't an amount of money where we raise it and we're done. It's, it's more, every, as we raise more and more money, we're able to do more and more things. We're able to help more and more kids. And I'll talk more about this next week, but there's a lot of really important, valuable things we can do. So, so if, if you're, if your families are like, well, how can we help? Raise some money. Let's have a gala. Let's have a dinner. Let's do something at church. Whatever it is. But reach out to your community and say, the kid is sick. The disease is lifelong. The science is such that we can help them. There's an effective, credible organization working on it. We as a family want to raise money. Invite your, your loved ones to join you in that. So that's that. those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts um, on once you're diagnosed, it is wise to talk to your family. And, and, and that's what I think you should, that's how I think you should structure the conversation. I would love your feedback. Thank you.